Welcome to my Soul Life Podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that we can live a life we love every day. To do this, we have to go on a journey to uncover who we are on every layer. Join me each Monday for conversations about following our soul's calling and embodying what lights us up so we can become even more amazing people. And then later in the week, I'll be back with our Soul Life Conversations, where we open up and explore who we truly are to become authentically us. Be inspired. A quick reminder for you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guest. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment, and I'd encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. I have something really special for you today. Yes, you'd normally hear me chat away, but instead I'm chatting with Mel Oxman. Mel is one of my amazing clients and today she's sharing her incredible journey with us. Mel has the biggest heart and she loves serving people and bringing joy to the world. So when you hear how she's opened up to what's being created for her, you'll know that she's Captain Marvel. Mel's a beautiful soul, an everyday person like you and I, who lives in Canberra, Australia. She could be you and I, you or I, but it's when we go deeper into her life that we see she's unique and she's sharing her uniqueness with the world. In 2020, when COVID was hitting the world, Mel's partner, whom she'd been married to for about 12 years at that point, and they're still married by the way, shared with Mel that things were changing for them and they believed that they were gender fluid. This led to many conversations which helped her partner Nicole transform into the incredible woman she is today. Have you got goosebumps? I know I have. This is a story of love, kindness, empathy, compassion, and most importantly, it's about expansion. The journey hasn't been all unicorns and daisies, but it has been real and continues to evolve today and every day. Creating a life that Mel's proud of and that she knows has created more abundance in her life is more than she could ever have imagined. Mel and Nicole have been together for 19 years and today, the day this podcast is released, is their 15th wedding anniversary. So now you know why it had to come out today. I met Mel about five years ago and at the time I was the lead for a volunteer organisation in Canberra. Mel found out about us and she asked, how can I support you? The rest is history. She organised for donations for our organisation and helped with packing days. Then three years ago, after I finished my health coaching certification, she said, I want to come and work with you. And we haven't looked back. And she's grown so beautifully and abundantly into the woman that was always there. So Mel and I would love to hear what you take away from this episode. So head over to my website, susanscollin.com or Instagram, my.soul.life.podcast and tell us. And you can reach out to Mel via the show notes for this episode on my website too. See you inside. Welcome, Mel, to my podcast and having this conversation with you today. I'm really honoured and excited to be here with you. So let's dive in. Okay. <laughs> I'm already starting to well up. <laughs> well, well, let's thanks for, um, yeah. You go. Thanks for having me like, and giving, up, giving me this opportunity. Yeah. No. It's, it's yeah, my honour, so it's going to be great. So tell us, what's bringing you the most joy at the moment? 
Um, just being seen, I guess, by people in various ways, like appreciated for the little things that I can do at the moment. I'm feeling like I can't do much. Um, I'm just appreciating little trinkets for people in my life or, or you know, making a coffee or a smoothie for someone for breakfast. It's just, yeah, it's the simple things. It's really little. Yeah. I think major moment. But they're beautiful. The little things make us who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of little things in my life. Hmm. A lot of little cups. That's beautiful, beautiful. Well, can you tell us where you're currently at in life and what it looks like right now for you? Ah. Uh, I've been thinking about this question and it's kind of like, you know, I'm just like an average person living in a suburb of a capital city. You know, I work in the public service. I have a daughter who's about to start high school. I have a big blended family with um, my bonus children and their children and I get along with their mother. Um, You know, my partner and I have been together um for 19 years married for 15 um yeah so on the top of it everything is is kind of quote unquote normal you know it's it's when you dig that little bit deeper it's it's when you a lot of people just go wow wow so much so yeah and when I'm digging a little bit deeper you know um We've started a house renovation that's, you know, it's taken us like nearly six years to get to where we are now, just finally getting bricks laid for the slab. And my daughter starting high school, well, she just got braces. And last year she was diagnosed with um, autism and ADHD, generalised anxiety, starting medications and working with different therapists over the last few months, um, a new one quite recently to help with her social interactions and sensory overloads. And so working through that and with her having braces all of a sudden has has been a very um been a very big mental overload. And I guess to top it all off, um two months ago my partner changed their name from Paul to Nicole. So um I often think of the catchphrase in a way, you know, my partner is gay, but I am not. And that is a very big part of our life at the moment and a little, a very big part of where I'm at and what that means and how does that look like? And more importantly, how does that feel to mm. me, to us, to our relationship, to our family? Mm. So. Yeah, I'm married to a, a transgender woman. She legally changed her name and gender um, November last year. And thankfully, because of other legislation that came into play five years ago, we don't need to get divorced. We can still continue to be married, which is lovely because I do not want to be a divorced woman. I don't want to be a single mother um, I have nothing against anyone who is, believe me, I it is not what I envisaged for myself and it is not where I want to be. So working very hard on, on our relationship 
together, but then also my relationship with myself to understand what that all means and how that all plays out. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And you've touched on some really deep topics, but you've also, you know, shared that whole space where this is what life looks like on the surface. But when we take the time to go deeper, there's so many other things that are happening in other people's, in people's lives that we can connect with, get to know, appreciate, understand, or just get that. It's not even understanding. It's getting that opportunity to learn and grow for ourselves. Do you see that? Absolutely. It's like the iceberg. It's just what's underneath. And I think so many people, and and this is a very generalised statement, that so many people just take things at that visual level and also overlays it with what's accepted in society, what's society telling us, what is the normal, what is supposed to be. Um, You know, when you break all that down, and, and I've been doing this a lot lately, trying to break down, okay, society gives us so many labels, puts us into so many boxes. So when you ask, where am I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm an aunt, I'm a grandmother, Um, you know, I'm a worker at home and and employed, I volunteer, you know, I'm a woman and by association I am part of the LGBTIAQ+, forgive me if I got that all wrong, community but it wasn't by by choice, Hmm. by association. And so I've been trying really hard to think about what does that look like on the peripheral? What does that mean for me deeper? And so many people, when they see Nick and I together, they just make those assumptions, Hmm. make so many assumptions. And um, it does come down to that educate and awareness and inspiration to others. And I think you've really hit that nail on the head that having that those more thorough conversations about what does that mean for you guys? Yeah. And, you know, ran into um, a friend over the Christmas break. And we're there and we're talking and hugs and then um, obviously, you know, she's got deeper connections with, Nick than I do um, with her, but she recognised me first and then she's just turned to Nick and she goes, so what do I call you now? Yeah, and just that brutal honesty was just so refreshing compared to being like people just not knowing and, and, you know, walking around it. And so we always say that to people, all of our friends, all of our family, you have questions, just ask. I'm an open book, you know. I won't give you all the gory details, but I can can definitely help explain and just share those snippets of where we're at for you to be able to understand because so many people have said to me, I don't know how you do it. Mm. I don't know how you I don't I don't know how you deal with the relationship. I don't know how you stay. Mm. So as I said, you know, well, yeah, it's not like I'm a religious woman and I'm like. I don't agree with divorce, fine, if that works for you, but think about what it is that I get from my marriage and my relationship with my partner and 
we still do all the same things. Mm. We still go out for coffee and dinners. We still go shopping. We go to Bunnings. We go to Ikea. We, we're working on our house. We help. We volunteer with a local group. We help our daughter. We help our children whenever they need it, you know. It's just that now, you know, she probably wears more makeup than me. And, um, you know, it's just that she's just now femmed up. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, when I think about that, it's, that's just all it is. Yeah. And you touched on a really good point there around the labels that people need, like it's almost like we need those labels to be able to go, oh, that's what you mean over there. But if you go outside of that, it gets really, gets into that grey area and that's where people it struggle. It is, it is. And I, I reached out to a friend recently and they actually, and I sort of said, they knew that they knew when Nick was they them as part of their transitioning, um, and and before they'd really sort of shared their gender change with people in their network, so at work and and our greater families. So they were they them for quite a while, and now she's she, her, they, but my friend was like, look, when it was they, them, there was just all that ambiguity and I just had no idea. But now that it's a definitely a she, her, I'm cool with that. No worries. Let's go. Like, so it is still so many grey areas that I think, yeah, people are just so uncomfortable with. And it's just like, oh, ask questions. Don't assume, you know, if if people provide their pronouns, okay, just just honour that and just use it. And but don't get all hoity-toity that oh, they're giving me their pronouns. Oh, good for them, you know. It's just like, well, you know, it's not about you. No, and it, I'm going to simplify it down to their pronouns is what they prefer, just like a coffee or a chocolate. You don't have to get all wound up at the fact that they're having milk chocolate over white chocolate, and that's what you like. Yeah. Mm. And you said before, you know, people are asking you, I don't know how you do it. You then tapped into that person that you loved before, and these are my words, hasn't changed effectively, have different preferences now, but that person is still there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. And if anything, this, this is the part of the story that gives me the most joy is that they are so much happier. Yeah. Like I, I, I've just seen them evolve into this most beautiful and confident person. They used to be so on edge and they would, you know, fly off the handle like this, you know, and I'm like, I'm actually wondering if it was the testosterone. But since they started their feminising hormone therapy, I have seen such a change in them, you know, having the testosterone blockers and then adding in the estrogen has really just changed their softness, not only physically, but also emotionally. So I am able to, I feel so much more comfortable in sharing some of my vulnerabilities now with them because I don't think that they're going to go off at me. Yeah. it was it was never bad, you know, but it was really you just go, 
oh, I don't want to say that because I think they're about to go off the handle and I just can't deal with that today, so I'm just going to shut down. Yeah. Whereas now I see that they are so much more confident, they are happy with the way that they can now present, that they can, you know, wear a bra to the shops and not get looked at, you know, and then you go through the moments. I remember we were at the shops and they were, we were getting called ma'am, both of us. And I'm like, oh, my God, we both got called ma'am. That's so awesome. And they're like, did we? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, you know, and it's, it's just amazing seeing that transformation in them and just seeing that they are such a happier version. And so while, yes, the person that I'm is still there, it's now just we've just unwrapped a bigger and brighter version. So that sounds like a really beautiful gift, Mel, that you've had the opportunity to be part of. They could have said, I'm doing this, it doesn't work for you, I'm going to just go off and do it. But instead you've stayed together, continued to work together and continued to build and therefore flourish and not just them but you've had that opportunity as well. Yeah, and I remember like when they were starting to share more with the people around them um, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I haven't told anyone yet. I haven't shared with this group or that group. And that she'd be like, why not? I went, oh, because it's your journey and I'm waiting for you to take the lead here. But it's also your journey. It's like, okay. So I guess along the lines, yeah, she has given me permission um, to walk through this as my own journey as well. Mm, that's That's awesome. Yeah, and that's a respect for each other, a respect that we're both unique individuals but we have this connection, this um, marriage partnership together and we have a child together and we have a relationship and we're going to continue to build that but you get to tell your story and it's unique to you as my story is unique to me. Yeah, yeah, it's like we're heroes but we've just got this one awesome superpower. Yeah. Oh, super excited. And I know we're going to touch on that in a little while. But can you take us back to when you met your partner and what did you think your life would look like back then? Oh, I love this story because it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, so I married my holiday shag. Um, I was house-sitting for my parents down the coast of New South Wales and they were living they were living there at the time um, and we just were at a function one night that my next-door neighbours had taken me to. Like these are like 70-year-old people and I think, you know, um, we were both the youngest two people in the room and then I remember leaving, oh, oh I remember so many things about that night, like just going, oh, my God, there's a guy and he's looking at me and I don't know what to do. I'd been single for so long and hadn't really felt comfortable enough to even be in a relationship, you know. So it was just, you know, calling my best friend from the bathroom, just going, there's a guy here and he's looking at me and what do I do? And they're like, oh, go talk to him, give him your number. So, you know, total high school thing, wrote him a note with his with my number, which I know to this day they still have. Wow. Um, and pretty much it says, here's my number, I'm here for two weeks, give me a call. And then walking out of the um, 
the, the it was like a local club where we were at my next door neighbors behind me and she's like old british lady he's very handsome oh he's very nice and i'm like yeah he's standing right behind us because he walked out the same door as we had and so we're at the car park and she's looked at me and she's going well dear are you coming home with us or do you have a ride home and i've looked at i've looked at my partner and they've looked at me and i've gone well, I guess I've got to ride home. And, um, yeah, that was it. Um, so, yeah, we just getting to know each other a lot over the, the two weeks that I was there, found out, you know, they were divorced, had three kids um, under the age of 10. So I'm like, okay, all right. I, I never thought that I would um, be, like, shacking up with, um, someone that already had kids or anything. Never thought I'd be shacking up with someone that lived, you know, 200 kilometres away. So for 10 months we just did, um, you know, long distance, not really that long really from where we were. And then um, they moved to Canberra um, to be with me and have a change of um, career path, trying to think of the word. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was like two years later to the day they asked me to marry them and I knew of some of the issues they'd had in previous relationships, their previous marriage, and I'm just like, are you sure it's really what you want? You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going, well, yes, of course I'll marry you. You know, and then two years later, um, yeah, we got married. Um, it was actually uh, we got married at the beach where we first kissed. And where we first said I love you to each other, um, which was really sweet. Um, Two-year increments, mind you, you know, it wasn't all on the same day. So, um, yeah, so when we have our, our wedding anniversary, it's kind of like, okay, we've been married for 15 years, we've been together for 19, and, uh, yeah, it's really super, super sweet. So, yeah, we were, you know, part-time parents. We would have the kids when um, – they were still living down the coast. I'd have the kids, you know, every other weekend. Mm-hmm. So trying just to work our visits to each other around that. Um, very involved with the kids' life, like um, as a as a solid person in their lives. Um, from that young age, um, yeah. So yeah, they've been in Canberra ever since. We got married. We bought a house. You know, they continued their studying and now they're a, um, a CA. They've been with the firm now for donkey's years. Oh, gosh, 12 years, I think, now. Wow. Um, yeah, and now, you know, all their kids, the other kids are all grown-ups and starting their own families. So when I think about what my life would be, um, I didn't think that I would have been a grandmother at 32. Um <laughs> You know, my daughter became an aunt when she was eight months old. But it's been such a magical experience, you know, seeing my daughter grow up. Like, because there's such a gap between her and her her next elder sibling, you know, it's kind of like she's been an only child. She's got these siblings and she's got such an attachment to them and a niece and nephews that she absolutely adores. And when you see them all together, it's just amazing. So... Um, I guess I, I imagined having more than one child, but after having my daughter, it 
just wasn't for me. I just couldn't have handled it um, emotionally um, and mentally. So that was okay. I sort of said to my, my partner when we first sort of got together, I said, look, I'd love to experience motherhood for myself at least once. I'd like to experience pregnancy at least once. So, you know, I've ticked that off the list. Um, you know, so many people have asked, like in the last few years, you know, are you ever going to have another one? I'm like, well, I'd need, I'd need another stakeholder and that's not on my project plan. So <laughs> that's a no. So, yeah. Um, you know, as for that, I don't really know what I sort of pictured, but looking at where my life is now and where my marriage is now, I certainly did not expect to be married um, to a woman. That's something, yeah, has taken a a bit of getting around. Yeah. You know, sometimes I I don't see it. Mm. They're just just Nick, you know, or when I get really flustered, I do sometimes call them by their given name, not their chosen name, Um, given name being the name they were given at birth. Um. But they know that it's just when I'm flustered and I'm tired and, yeah, it's, it's not me being malicious or anything. Yeah. It's a good indicator for them as to where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, oh, okay. You need sleep, a drink, or coffee or food. Yeah. What do you, yeah, and I can put it out there. What do you want? Tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they shared a thing on my Facebook page the other, you know, some People say it with flowers and chocolates. I say it with tacos and tequila. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. That was funny. Yeah. So then how did you find out? Like how did your partner tell you and that they wanted to make this change? How did that all come about? Um, so 2020, such a huge year across the world, COVID, Um. And in my, um, where I live, uh, like a lot of, you know, the eastern states, we had been heavily impacted by the bushfires. And I think that's when I first started noticing just some of the clothes they were wearing around the house. Um, it was a pair of pyjama bottoms, a little pair of shorts, blue and white cotton striped. And I'm like, oh, they knew. They're like, yeah, I couldn't find anything in the men's section. I found these in the women's section, so I just bought it. I've just gone, yeah, okay, no worries. I've done that all my life, you know. I can't find any women's. I go to men's. Um, So I didn't really think anything of it. It's like, okay, you know, it comes to about March um, and they're in bed one day. They come to bed. It's a Sunday night and they're um, so smooth like the smoothest skin I have ever felt okay lights are all off and I'm just pressing their arm I'm just like is there something you want to tell me I just had the feeling is there something you want to tell me and then they just started opening up about how they've been feeling that something just wasn't right for a while. They hadn't been able to put a name to it. 
They've been looking into things. So they think that maybe the term um, gender fluid or non-binary might be where they've landed um, and this was something that they were just exploring. So exploring what they like, what they didn't like, and I'm like, okay, all right. I just remember going into shock um, and I think it was mainly because I didn't know what it meant. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it meant for them. I didn't know what it meant for me and straight away landed into that puddle of what are people going to think about me? What are the expectations of society that I still need to live up to being um, a wife, being a woman? And, yeah, it was mainly what will people, what would people think of me? Yeah. So I just did a lot of research, did a lot of online search for com- community help and um, support groups and um, used various um, counselling services through my employer to talk to different people and it was just amazing that there really isn't a lot of support services for the partners. Like you can find it for parents who are going through it, you can find it for their children and the people going through it themselves. But I'm like, for a partner going through it, whether the partner remains a cis woman. So I'm a cis woman. I still identify as the gender that I was born with. Um, And there just really wasn't a lot of support there. So that sort of went up and down for me a lot. Even my employer has a lot of support systems internally for people um, in the LGBT community. So I even reached out to some people that way because I'm just like, I just, this was also in a time where my workplace had also um, reverted to everyone working from home 100%. So my networks were cut. I was no longer seeing people face-to-face and that's what lights me up. I need to be around people. And so I was just going deeper and deeper into a bit of a black hole, um, finding unhealthy coping mechanisms in um, excess food and alcohol and that, um, you know, spiralled me down even more. So I think it was just starting to... A, get out of those habits because they were um, impacting my family negatively um, and just going, okay, you know, let's just press pause, just go, okay, what is this really meaning? And then I think that's when Nick was like, yep, and sort of was supporting Nick in exploring other support avenues around here, seeing a psychologist herself, Um finding a different doctor that um, specialises in um, transitioning genders and then also finding face-to-face support networks um, through Canberra. There's some really good um, non-for-profit organisations that she's part of. So through then I think she was able to find her community and some people to help her understand what it is that 
she was feeling and and where she was landing. And then, yeah, it was just kind of like talking more and more to her. Like we would just have so many deep conversations and so many boxes of tissues have gone through in the household, which was really hard when you couldn't get tissues. And um, just constantly keeping that conversation going with her is really what got us through for her then to go, actually, you know what, I think I'm I'm a transgender woman. Mm. Okay. How can I help you here? Mm. How can I support you? And so we had our daughter. She would have been nine at the time, nearly ten. And so then my focus just totally turned off me and onto them and what they needed so that we could keep our family together. So, and, and it was hard. It was hard. My, um, my daughter, our daughter was very much, I don't want to lose my daddy. I don't want daddy to become a woman. Um, so then just accepting that that was how she was feeling, giving her that space to feel that emotion because it was real for her. And then slowly incorporating other activities to bring us all back together. So I remember one night just bringing out all the makeup and putting it on the kitchen table and going, okay, let's play. So we all played with makeup on us and, you know, just showing her and showing Nick as well the the fun and the connections that we can still have as that family unit and then doing all our nails together. And then um, when, you know, the shop started to open and we were able to go out that little bit more, I would give them some one-on-one time together so that they would go out and shop and um, just have fun. And so then our daughter sort of just started to accept her more and more. Yeah. And, yeah, to now it's like it's just natural. It's, it's, it's just the norm now in, in our household. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's, yeah, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, definitely. And based on everything that you shared, you're a real support for her. So allowing that safe space for Nick to just explore what was going on for her, unpack that, even though they didn't understand it at the time. Or they weren't sure, I imagine. There were some of those conversations that were like really yeah. hard because I want to I want to know the answer, but I don't know the answer yet. So yeah. allowing them to go on that journey. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then seeing her come out the other side of the, oh my God, this is where I fit. Yeah. And this is amazing. And yeah, it's it's like being a piece in a jigsaw puzzle but being in the wrong puzzle and then when you finally find where your piece fits. Yeah. So, and it actually, like, so I've got girlfriends who I've been friends with for, like, you know, 20, 30 years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And one of them and I were having coffee the other day and she was like, really does make us understand certain things that, came up that were were coming up like 15 years ago 
we would find certain things. Something would happen and I'd go, that's not right. What's going on here? And now it all makes sense. It's kind of like, so maybe when I, I found that random lipstick in my bathroom, there wasn't another, there, there was, but there wasn't another <laughs> in my house. Maybe that was the start of them experimenting and just seeing what felt right. And yeah, just sort of answered a lot of questions in that way or not really answered the questions, but put a lot of that curiosity for me to rest. It was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, next. Yeah. But it's bring, it sort of brought it into the puzzle, coming back to the puzzle analogy. So all those yeah. pieces of the past, you kind of go, okay, this is where we were walking towards, but we didn't know it at the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And even just, you know, seeing how, you know, Nick would always feel so much more comfortable around a group of women mm-hmm. rather than a group of men. Yeah. For conversations. there's a lot of friends that they don't have from when they grew up like yeah we're still in contact like she's still in contact with people but just not that active friendship like I've got a lot of close girlfriends I went okay well that could be as well because she never knew where to fit Hmm. and knew where to go and yeah so now seeing that just yeah just ties together so many things and now seeing her create those new relationships with people is just so lovely and just like going, just nice seeing her in her element. Yeah. And you've walked us through like her journey, so to speak, which was crossing over with yours as well. But what were some of the key things that you needed during that time? Oh, I needed um, to be able to talk to people. I need to be able to to verbally talk about what's going on. Like I've got this innate fear, this is really funny, of keeping a diary that someone in the future will find it and then they're not going to understand the context, they're not going to understand where I was at that point in time and then they're going to read so many negative things into it and it's going to hurt so many people. So I don't keep a diary at all anymore. So having some really key people um, to really talk to really helped. Around the same time, a friend of mine separated from her husband and um, we had dinner one night, just her and I, and I've gone, right, my shit, blur. And she's like, whoa, okay, my shit, blur. And I've gone, whoa. And it was just so great that then there was that no judgment. It was that, how are you? How are you going? How can I help you? So I had that one confidant um, slowly expanded more and more out, you know, um, but just having that one person to really talk to mm. and just thinking about, okay, it really was about just making sure that I had someone to talk to um, and maybe even some other things to focus on. Maybe, and I think that maybe over the last two years, and it so funny, everyone puts the growth and the changes that have happened over the last two years based on COVID and the changes that we've implemented in society. 
But I'm like going, man, you take COVID out of the equation and I've gone through so much over the last two years, you know. Um, so even without like thinking about COVID and all those changes, but, um, you know, I started creating more with with um, what I can do with craft and just seeing um, that sort of became my safe space mm-hmm. of if I didn't want to deal with something, I would just focus on a project and I would just go, that's it. You know, that was my safe space. That was where I had no judgment um, and I could just do what I needed to do so that I didn't have to um, think about something that was troubling me. Um, The other thing that really helped me throughout the journey is um, you and our our group and working through um, a lot of my thinking and and how I approached things um, and how I worked through issues of varying scales um, through your love and guidance um, and then sharing with the group and and how we approached things has really sort of helped me just think about, okay, what works well for me in in managing things and approaching things and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so in a way, you know, hindsight, wished maybe I'd exercised a little bit more, I could have eaten better, but you know what, it isn't what it is. Um, You've got a beautiful relationship. Oh. And your career has flourished as well. Like so many other different things that have changed and grown over that time, you know, in particular that we've been working together. And you've gotten to know yourself better. There's so many different things in there that yeah. you have achieved. That yes. Can, yeah, support you in anything that you want to do going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And just that realisation of, oh, I'm not a control freak. It's just that, like, when it comes to organising social events, which once one of my siblings said about me, it's just that I really enjoy seeing people. And that lights me up. So I will try and, and may feel like forcing a get-together, but it's just like, no, I'm just trying to give everyone the space that maybe they need to clear out their thinking to go, okay, oh, all right, yeah, no, I could do it like this, you know. And then even just thinking about, you know, that separate time that I need with friends. You know, it may not just be to go for a walk or a coffee. It may just be sitting on a park bench and just sitting and just watching the same scenery together, you know. Um, and then with my daughter, it, it might just be sitting there and holding hands and watching something on television, just that connection with her. Yeah. Yeah. So and then also supporting her through a lot of her changes. So I guess seeing how I've grown as a parent and as a mother and not wanting to follow the same path of parenting that my parents followed has also, like through this whole journey as well, has helped me just think about how we can do things differently. And just because this is how I grew up doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for my child. Mm. You know, so let's find out what works for her, what works for us. And I guess that's what it comes back to with my relationship with Nick. 
even though this isn't the relationship that society has said that maybe this is what I want or this is what I must have, it doesn't hasn't worked for us. Yeah. This is working for us. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So who have you become because you've gone on this journey? Oh. I feel I've become someone that's a little bit more pop, not positive, but a little bit more confident in questioning the pre-existing expectations that I had on myself and those expectations coming out of media and social media, oh, so much through social media, and even through my, my long-term employment, like I've been with my employer for like 24 years. Um, also through my family and friends, it's like, oh, you did this. So obviously you must now be doing this, this, and this. Well, actually, no, I'm not. None of that gives me any interest. So this really interests me. I'm now going to go and explore that and see what happens. Like even thinking about like growing up, I loved to read. I always had a book. Maybe it was an escapism. I don't know. But now I'm like, nah, I've got a book. I've got a book. I read it. I read it. I've actually got about three books on the go now. And previously I would not have been able to pick up a book until I finished the the next one, the last one. I'm like, why is that? Why do I feel that I must finish a book? Is it because it really interests me or is it because not finishing it is a sign of failure? Is it a sign of not um, meeting that expectation that you must finish the story? So now I'm just like, you know what, if it doesn't excite me, I'm not going to continue it. Why waste my time on it? I'll just pick up something else that interests me. And it's okay to have those multiple interests. And I think that's one thing that's really, that, that I've really grown into is that it's okay to have multiple things going and multiple interests and just because you're interested in this this month doesn't mean that you have to be obsessed with it for the rest of the year you know you you can drop it down and it will come back into it you know like when we started human design I love all those concepts and it's just like but I haven't had the time or the space to really get down into the nitty-gritty as I thought that I really wanted to and I still do it's just that hang on, I need some space to think about a development application and some space to think about a quote with a builder and some space with my daughter and a therapist. And it's like, is it my cup still there? You know, so I have multiple cups and I have a jug and every my jug has to be full and I can just pour into my multiple cups that need my attention and my thinking. And just because I haven't touched a cup for a while doesn't mean that it's no longer there. It's still there and I'll bring it out when I need to. And I think that's been one of the best things that I've grown into is that it's okay to have multiple interests. It doesn't mean that you're a scatterbrain or you can't commit to anything or any of those negative connotations that would be assigned to it. It's just a sign of, hey, my life is just so busy and I've got so much on the go that, I have to allow myself that freedom and I have allowed myself that freedom and that space to be able to stop and start anything as I need it. And so giving yourself that space, what has it created for you to be able to stop and start? 
and just do what you need to do? Oh, I guess it's given me that greater space to actually have more on my plate. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just given me more pieces of a pie to play with, really. Yeah. Yeah. So that then when something else comes in, rather than having to squish it all into something that already exists, it's like, okay, well, you know what? I haven't really touched this for a while. I can let that go and I can bring this in. Yeah. You know, it's and creating that bigger space to, you know, to contract and expand as you need it, like a balloon, you know. We've got so many visuals today that, you know, it's like, okay, so we let a little bit more out, we let a little out so that we can bring more in. Yeah. You know, and if we don't need to change it for a while, that's okay. But just knowing that I have that flexibility in my mind, in my my strength mentally and physically um, and emotionally that I can bring things in and out as I need them. Mm. It's okay if something does come and I just go, no, no, I'm, I'm not dealing with you. I don't have to deal with you. So I'm just putting you over there because right now what I've already got here is the most important. And that's what I need to focus on. Yeah. Fabulous. Awesome. So you mentioned earlier about your relationship being like this superpower. Can you walk us through what that looks like now, you know, in terms of that moving forward and what you're most excited about? Ah. So when I think about Nicole and I and moving forward, I just think about, the stories that she shares with me of people that she's meeting and the support that they may or may not have. And I'm just like, oh, my God, invite them over for coffee. Let's have a conversation. Let's get to know them. They can get to know us and just raising that a little bit of a community together of of people, especially I think one of the things that Nicole has really struggled with is the age. And maybe I should have brought this up further earlier, but anyway, it's here now. So Nicole's in her 40s. And so when we started this, like she was early 40s, um, and so much of the support services are for teens and young adults, which is great. Everybody, like, it doesn't matter. Everybody needs support. But just that later life people that are re-identifying and transitioning, there's so much support not available for them and I think that's what she's really struggled with. So I see that together I, we're bringing more awareness and inspiration to people of our generation and friends of our age groups for them to go and to open up and just to think and be more aware around people, people around them. And then I see our superpowers maybe bringing more people together. So I I see, you know, us, um, you know, having an open door policy of people to be able to drop in and go and and meet different people um, like people of the same gender or transgender or or whatever and just having that sort of safe house, safe house um, 
where people can just be them and people can just experience what they need to experience and explore whatever they want to explore and need to explore. So it really crushes me when I hear of stories of people's relationships falling apart because the transition of one of the the, the partners just was stronger than the relationship and that the relationship just didn't survive because then I'm just like, okay. Hmm. And then you just want to give them all hugs and go, you know, it's okay. I'm not saying that I'm Wonder Woman, um, you know, also because I prefer Captain Marvel, but everyone has what they can deal with. Everyone has their levels of tolerances and everything. But love is love and I just want everyone to know that, you know, they have and they will always be welcome into our bubble. You know, I will always expand room for them and I'm sort of hoping that, you know, as at the moment got no room to entertain because, you know, we're going through a renovation, but... I can definitely see our superpower expanding when that is finished, inviting more people into our home and and having that environment where we can create that greater awareness and that greater acceptance and, you know, and not just for us, not just for Nicole, but for our daughter, for her friends as she grows up, for our bonus children, you know, for them to be able to have a safe space when they need it. Um and just a place where you can just be you. Yeah. And that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? A place just to be us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening to this would be saying, she's a superhero, she's Captain Marvel. <laughs> and as you said at the beginning, a lot of people don't understand how you can do what you do. But as you just summarised there, it's love is love. And through going on your journey, you could have contracted and minimised your life, but through going through the journey, you have actually expanded it and created more abundance, more love, more friends coming in. It's just brought so much more to you. Yeah, it has. It has. And, you know, there was a time where I did contract and then I just saw the negative impacts of that and I was just like, you yeah, know, this isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for my family. And so then, yeah, it's just been working on strengthening that and finding those strengthened bonds, mm. people in our families and our friends. And it's really amazing. I don't think we've had one negative impact from this journey. Yeah. It's all been so positive and if we can just bring that to other people, if they're ever in a bind, yeah. you know. It's possible, isn't it? It is. It is. And maybe, maybe that's what my marriage was always meant to be about. So before we get into the wrap-up questions, is there anything else that you would like to add? Oh, I think it's just that. 
And I, I mentioned this before that if people aren't sure about something going on with someone in their life, just ask the questions. Yeah. You know, just don't assume, just ask. Don't be offended if they decline in sharing the information, but just always show that you're open and that you're there. You know, people will come to you when they're ready. Like there are some people in our life that just knew that something was happening but also knew that Nicole had to be in the right space um, to be able to share it. So it's just always having those conversations um, even now with like my bonus children like guys if you have any questions just let us know you know and and some people are really awesome at it and other people are still a little bit shy but that's okay that's them and they know that you know always here yeah you're a safe space I, I, I hope that people do feel that yeah I'm a safe space Cool. No expert. I don't have any degrees in, in in medicine or therapy or counseling. All I am is a woman living this life. Yeah. Yeah. With loads of experience and loads of compassion and love and empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps of that. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's wrap up. So you know that self-love is a massive part of my journey and and what I do so what's one thing that you do for self-love um you know what at the moment it's just making myself a cup of coffee in the morning sitting down and just relaxing just taking the morning as I can and also then just you know, I find, as I was saying earlier, you know, I find so much joy creating things for others. So just finding time in my day just to, to work on my craft and, and that sort of passion. It, um, it might sometimes come across as being really selfish because I'm doing all this stuff up. Like I'm doing, I'm taking time out just to craft. Just kind of, when you see the look on someone's face when you've made them the most cutest little thing and, and their reaction, that just, you know, brings me so much light. And so to know that I can do that for someone else helps me grow in my own self. Yeah, beautiful. So you've provided heaps of amazing information on the podcast today. If myself and the listeners were to take one thing away and implement it into our own life in service of you, what would that be? to have an open heart yeah you know give the hug if someone asks for it if if you don't know do you need a hug because I'm 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 here if you need one and just ask the questions if they're okay and you know find out if if you think that you have someone in your life that is entering this kind of space you know it doesn't hurt to google Find a local support service. Just ask that person, hey, I've noticed that there's this service, there's this group. Have you thought about that? Do you need help? Do you want me to come with you? You know, like um, 
going to those events really opened my eyes as well and, and even developed other friendships for our family. So, yeah, it's just being aware of what's around you that may be able to help people. And if the person doesn't need it, hey, then you've just learned something new and you never know when it may pop up again. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the kind things that we can do for people. It's just, you know, an act of kindness. How can I support you? What does that look like? You know, you describe it, not me describe it for you. Yeah, yeah. How can I help you today? Yeah. What can I do to help? Yeah, beautiful, being of service. So can people contact you and if they can just to have a chat, where would the best place be? Look, I'm on Instagram. Um, like most socials. Um, so if people want to um, direct message me through Instagram, you know, my handle's mel.oxman and more than happy to have a chat. As I said, I'm not an expert, but, yeah, just a chick trying to live her life and um, with this extraordinary different set of circumstances. But, yeah, as you said, and thank you for saying that, you know, compassion and empathy and, you know, no judgment. I think that should be your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Everything is open here. What What do you need? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. How do you take your coffee? I'm like, <laughs> let's go. You know, coffee is my love language. Exactly. Yeah, or people aren't comfortable in coming to me directly I'm more than happy if they want to come through you yeah yeah they can do that they can email me that's not a problem and I'll pop it all in the show notes so easy does awesome thank you so much Mel for coming and having this conversation do you believe that we actually got through the whole thing without tissues I know I was (laughs) just thinking that so it was so meant to be I know that we have spoken about having this conversation for a long time and it was just about finding the right time, um, not just for us logistically but also the right time for Nicole because this is such a huge thing for her and I think now that the most important people in our life are part of this journey with us now, um, it's just such a right time. So I really hope that anyone listening to this, if they're going through it, I really hope that they're having a great experience and they're able to find their truth and find the people around them that can help them shine even greater. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey and parts of Nicole's journey as well to bring you to where you are today. And I'm just honoured, as I've said before, I'm just honoured to be here and being able to support you, but even as a friend, just to, you know, Like the fact that I get to do this is amazing. So thank you so much and thank you for being you and being that amazing, beautiful heart, um, that person, the example of what's possible out in the world. Thank you for joining me today and I have a couple of small favours to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also, to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.